to episode three of the Joyful Noise podcast. I am your host, Lizzie Griffin, and I'm so glad that you are here today joining me and Corey as we finish our discussion from last week. Uh, Last week, Corey just had a lot of really awesome things to say about her life, but let me tell you, the best is yet to come because uh, act two of of the opera of Corey's life, is that too poetic? I don't care. I'm going to keep it. It's better than act one. However, that being said, she had some awesome stuff to say. And I'm not joking when I say that, like, Corey's voice has kind of been echoing through my mind. That sounds really creepy. And it's not. I promise. She just had some really awesome things to say that just really helped me kind of think about, you know, my own journey as an artist. And so the funny thing about this podcast is that I'm almost doing this more for myself (laughs) than (laughs) anybody else. Does that sound selfish? I hope not. But I mean, the thing is, is that I'm super blessed by hearing other people's stories. And it's like, oh my gosh, I can relate to that. Or, huh, I never thought about it that way. Particularly something that stood out to me is that Corey's thoughts on the time and place for competitive energy. To me, like my uh, non-confrontational temperament would like to think that there's no place for competitive energy. But after talking to Corey, I'm like, you know what? That's not entirely true. There is a place for it but it has to have boundaries. And so I thought that that was really cool. Like, huh, okay, this can be utilized, but it can't it can't run the show. So that was just one thing. And if you missed that, I would encourage you to stop this right now and go back one episode. Now, I promise you right now, there's only three to choose from, so it wouldn't be hard to find. Um, but listen to part one of Corey's Convo with me and just get a whole big ol' southern helping of good vibes and good advice, as Corey Reese can only do. Um, Before we get on to part two, um, which, please, is hilarious, Uh, something about pineapples and getting stranded in foreign countries, although I won't disclose too much, Um, I want to do our joyful segment really quickly. Uh, There were two things that I am just super joyful about. Uh... Well, okay, one that I'm like, yes, and the other like, <laughs> that was funny. So the yes, um, I had a breakthrough in my voice lessons, which um, if you're a singer, you totally know what I'm talking about. Um, if you're not, the brief explanation is that occasionally we singers get a moment of revelation where our teacher helps our brains understand what our bodies could already do. And it's like, whoa, oh my gosh, I didn't know I could use my acoustics like that. Or wow, I didn't know I could keep the ring consistent or whatever. And it's just a, it's a, it's a usually a minor adjustment, but it's a major mindset change because so much of singing is psychological. So anyway, those don't happen every day, but when they do, it's awesome. And so the momentum of that revelation has just been like giving me some serious energy this week. And I've been really excited to play with it. The other thing is that I watched um, Mel Brooks's Spaceballs with my brother. And my brother Noah, not a singer, just hilarious dude, just has this thing where if he starts laughing at something, I'm going to start laughing at it too, whether or not I think it's funny. But like watching him crack up, it just takes it to a whole other level. But then on top of that, I'm sorry, but Spaceballs is freaking hilarious. And I want all of the merchandise um, and I think I know what I'm getting my brother for Christmas for the next 10 years. It's going to be some new Spaceballs merch. Um, God bless the late 80s and early 90s. What would we do without them, I ask you? I do not know. 
Okay. Well, that's enough of me rambling. I hope you enjoy part two of Corey Reese's Singer's Story. I love that. Yeah. So you graduated. Thank you for sharing that story, by the way. Yeah, sorry. Really... I'm no. long-winded. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is great. I love all this. Um, I did have, so, so you graduated um, in 2018. You mm-hmm. took a semester off and then came to the University of Mobile in the spring of 2019. Does getting stranded in Nicaragua have any relevance to your singing journey? Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Why did I say Nicaragua? It's I okay. don't know. But um, so actually, it's... kind of. I will say that that is probably when I had singer burnout. Oh, wow. Okay. okay yeah. Singer burnout's a theme, guys. So just when you hear that term. So I had been doing classical singing for like, two years by this point right and I mean like I wasn't doing it mildly I was learning arias I had no business learning (laughs) I was taking all these language courses I was like I am all the way in and then like once you do that I mean you can't breathe for a while Mm -hmm. like I wasn't giving my time like myself time to sleep at night because I felt behind right because I didn't start singing when I was 15 or you know Mm -hmm. like I didn't start any of that so I um, went on a <laughs> spring break trip to Costa Rica. As one does. Uh, <laughs> cheap flight. Okay, that's cheap why I went. Flight. I found a flight, like a round trip flight for like $128, and I was like, okay, I'm on my way. Um, <laughs> so I went, and then a volcano erupted while I went down there. Just because. <laughs> it was a series of unfortunate events. And then we ended up getting stuck there, and we had to like withdraw from the university for the semester because we were there for like six weeks. Wow. Yeah, and you're like, you can't miss six weeks of school and then come back and expect everything to be fine. Well, I mean, you can now because of Zoom, but... Okay, that was not a thing in, like, 2015, 2016. Like, that was not a thing. Pre-Zoom era. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, I was just ready to become a part of the land, you know? Live off the coconut. Start a pineapple well, farm. And it's because I had such an unhealthy relationship with it because I felt so behind, mm. you know, that I was like, I have to do I have to do all of this. I have to do all these competitions. Like, I have to go to Nats every semester, and I have to win, you know? Yeah. And I was like, what is this? And then the universe was like, hey, um, you need a break. So how about... <laughs> it was actually... It was perfect. It was perfectly timed. Like, looking yeah. back on it, I was like... And I came back from there, and I was able to breathe a little bit with school and breathe a little bit with singing, and I had time to, like, rekindle the, like, the healthy fire yeah. of singing, not the, like, manic fire of singing. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? First of all, I think it's just hilarious. Like, that's the most Corey Reese thing I could think of is getting stranded in Costa Rica for six weeks. Like, because the universe, like, if you won't take a just break, I'm going to make things. you do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also, I love that. I mean, I feel like a similar thing happened to me at, like, very much non, not in those extreme circumstances. <laughs> but in the sense of I felt, like, so not okay. And then yeah. when quarantine happened, like, mm-hmm. because it forced me to have to reduce my plate down so much, it did give me some time to, like, yeah. really internalize and assess where I was at yeah. and, like, re-remember, wait, singing is fun and I get to do it. Like, that's oh, so yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's a nice, I mean, I don't think that these things ever happen on accident. Yeah. When you're just, like, in that, like, ah, kind of, like, headspace, <laughs> the universe is like, will you please not? <laughs> so how about I just give you this, like, 
four-month break where you're going to do nothing <laughs> and reevaluate, and then you can come back and rekindle that fire. Is so. that where you learned about pineapples? Yes. I have, a, <laughs> I have a giant pineapple tattooed on my forearm, and I learned that pineapples have their own bush, like each one. <laughs> Stay on your mat. Yeah, exactly. Stay in your pineapple bush. I don't know. <laughs> kind of like the way that I, uh, Yeah. <laughs> no, I take that back. You might have to cut that part out. <laughs> intrigued by I mean because you you know you don't think about the way things grow right it's just not like maybe you do I don't know but I didn't think about it and when we were you know waiting on a car in Costa Rica I looked over and there was literally a bush and there's just one pineapple on top of the bush like it's not sprouting several pineapples it's just one and Hmm. it has its own space and I don't know there's something really cool about that. there's something really profound about that yeah so how did you find out about University of Mobile, and what's your journey been since coming here? Yeah, so the summer before I took the semester off, so sorry, I'm backtracking just a little bit. I went to a summer program in Greece, which was awesome. If you ever have the chance to go to Greece, if we're ever allowed to leave the United States, <laughs> please go. Um, Rip. And it was it was a great experience. I was singing a mezzo roll. There's yes. so many signs there along so the way, right? Um, so I was singing a mezzo roll in Greece. I was singing the, the Sorceress in Dido and Aeneas. And it was, I did not have a great time with the professor that I was, that I had there um, yeah. because he was just so... Um, I wasn't in a place to receive that kind of criticism Mm -hmm. at the time because I just graduated and it took me a while and I was just ready to kind of be done with it, you Mm -hmm. know, for a while. And that was really a turning point for me in realizing that I wasn't ready to go to a super competitive place. Yeah. So I got home from Greece and said, I'm so sorry to the school that I had already committed to. I'm so sorry, but I can't do this. Hmm. That's not where I'm supposed to be. Um, I can't go into a super competitive environment right now because I'm not ready for it. Or maybe it was just never me. <laughs> I don't know, you know? So so then I'm on, I'm just like working. I worked in a coffee shop for years. I'm just working and I'm on Facebook and Dr. Kyle, yeah, the woman is a wizard of recruiting. She really is. Like, she started a program this year. There are 12 kids here for it. <laughs> like, that is insane. Yeah. Like, it really, <laughs> that makes no sense to me. I'm like afraid to put anything on Facebook. And I know, like right? Dr. Kyle can get twelve people in a program. She is in a the year. epitome of a Facebook mom <laughs> slash businesswoman. I just yeah. So she was, you know, talking about the program uh, in a lot of positive ways. You know, it's a, it was a new program, right? It was in its second year when she got here. So oh, that's right. I keep thinking it started with her, but they started it before. the year before, right? Yeah. And I mean, it went from having three students in it to having like. Yeah. 15, you know? It was... It grew quick. Yeah. So she saw, you know, she's putting out all these advertisements, and I'm like, you know, I don't feel like I'm seeing these by mistake, you know? Yeah. So I just reach out to her, because um, she used to teach uh, at a school in Mississippi, and we had connected through the Nats organization several times. So that's how we were Facebook friends. Oh, so, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had actually done a master class with her when... Uh, like way back in the day yeah that's it's so crazy full circle man I don't know and <laughs> so I saw these uh, and I just decided to you know hippity hop into her Facebook DMs I slid in there and I was like hey girl what's going on with this program I got into this other school wasn't feeling it just want to know you know and so she was like 
just give me a call. Like, I'm not, do, you know, she's very like, that's a lot to type. Just give me a call. We'll schedule a, a call. And so we did. And mm-hmm. she talked to me all about the program, all about the curriculum, the cost, you know, yeah. the, the town of Mobile, too, which I really appreciated. So that's how I found out about the University of Mobile. That's cool. Dr. Kyle's killer recruiting Amen. What a woman. What a lady. (laughs) Um, So that's when you got here. And Mm -hmm. how has your experience been with your voice teacher, Dr. Hedlund? She will be a guest if I have anything to say about (laughs) it. Um, Yeah, so um, Dr. Hedlund and I are just cut from the same cloth. Very true. True facts. My professor of voice in undergrad that I had for my last year of undergrad, which I had four teachers in undergrad, because I was there for a while, you mm-hmm. know, and um, just turnover, it just happens. So I had four teachers, and she was my last one. She was so intense. <laughs> um, and that was just her personality. She was Eastern European. Like, it's just a cultural difference. Like, uh, there's no shame in it. No. I just, like, I knew that's not what I you wanted. You needed your own bush. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I just wasn't responding well to, like, you know, people just, like, screaming at me. That was just, just not going well. Yeah. So when I came here and I had a lesson with um, Dr. Catherine Hedlund, I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, she talks about breathing. She's like, it's really just, like, a gentle lean, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you just don't have to... No, it's just a little... You don't have to turn into a leaf blower. It just leans out, yeah. And she was like, oh, when you inhale, you don't need all that. Like, inhale like you're smelling a rose. Like, that's all you need. You know? Like, and so I was like, wow, voice lessons can be like this. <laughs> like, I had... <laughs> I can go to no this zen space. Yeah. Um, and that's what I had been looking for. Was... And I had never sang relaxed. <laughs> And it's not relaxing, like, don't get me wrong. Like, there is, like, you can't be relaxed and sing, but I had never sung from a place that wasn't defensive. Yes. So I was, it was all locked up, and I was like, I'm going to sing this song, and you're going to like it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it went to a place to where it was like, I'm going to sing when I'm ready, and you can like it, or, like, it's up to you. You know, singing subjective, okay, subjective, so, like, whatever. And that's what I needed. So, yeah, well... And it's how did how did you find that that sorry I feel like an interrupted no, you. No, go ahead. Well, how did you find that that new perspective in in the way singing works? Did you find that that affected the way that you viewed life in general? Oh like, yeah, right. Yeah. Like um, <laughs> and I will say that I am like very chill, but that's because I'm prepared to be chill. Mm-hmm. Like. I am a spreadsheet maker, you know, like, <laughs> I will plan your vacation. Deceptively type A, like, everyone meets me and they're like, oh, she's probably never on time. I am 15 minutes early, baby. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> but that's because I have prepared to be chill, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, in general, and I think there's just something so freeing with coming with the notion that, like, other people really don't have to like it when you sing. Yeah. You know? That, I'm, I'm nodding it like that's like enthusiastic like yeah and I'm like that that hurts my brain I don't want to think Ugh. yeah <laughs> yeah you know and it's, it's I need to be internalize that but I'm like, subjective ah. for the rest of your life yeah. right so you might as well sing you know from your whole body with your whole body instead of just like forcing it out so people can hear you or mm-hmm. like to say I'm qualified to do this 
And, um, you know, you, of course you are, you're in grad school. <laughs> like, that has been, like, my biggest takeaway, um, too, is, like, you know, imposter syndrome is just a huge thing in the oh classical gosh, world, right? so much so. Yeah, it's and I suffered with it for so long because I'm like, oh, I didn't start taking lessons when I was 12 years old. Like, what am I going to do? This yeah. is not going to work out for me, you know? And um, it... <laughs> I thought I was adopted, like, for pity. And I'm like, and I know that's terrible because I wasn't. Like, I, I got in on, on my own merit in addition to yeah. the provision. And, like, you know, I'm so grateful that Dr. Kyle took me to her studio. Like, I've been, we, we are thriving in Sarah Land. We are thriving in Sarah Land. Yeah, and I think one of the but, most helpful things for me has been, like, you've got to stop apologizing for being in spaces that you were invited to be in. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah, that hurts a little. <laughs> right? Like, you were invited here. Like, yes. You need to stop apologizing for the noises that he made, because that's all singing is. Mm -hmm. um, you need to stop apologizing for your academic, you know, uh, prowess. Like, you have had to stop apologizing for that, because you were literally accepted. Yeah. And not as, like, a, oh, well, we needed to fill a quota. Mm -hmm. Like, you were accepted here on purpose. And so, like, lead with that. That is know? an interesting thing, too, about grad school versus undergrad. Yeah. With grad school, I mean, at least particularly in these smaller programs, and I would say particularly with University of Mobile, because it's so new and it's so tiny, like, I think that it does say, like, even, like, Allison Wilkes, who was like, you know, we, we if we could accept everybody, I think, like, to, to some extent we would, but we have to pick people that are going to build up our department and the vision that we want it to go and so there's an element of like we want people like that are that have that share this or at least can thrive in the culture we're trying to create yeah and it you has know? to fit in with the culture yeah. right like i don't think people who are like super competitive fit in well here no it's a very strange feels like summer camp here guys like I it it's like everybody wants to see you do well camp <laughs> like, you and you keep thinking that it's fake you know yeah. like you keep being like no and then it's like no it's just it's just not like yeah. people are genuinely like so thrilled to see you grow as a singer and as a person and um and then and just like all of the faculty together are so good at collaborating with one another there's such a spirit of collaboration i think throughout and and i know that the, i'm sure they have their disagreements like oh, yeah. their disagreements yeah everybody sure. does but there is such a community aspect and like we want we want everyone to thrive and yeah. we all have information to share and we all right. expect each we all respect each other's minds yes. and we want everybody to I work mean, from any time you get a bunch of musicians together right like we all have an ego we wouldn't be doing this if we <laughs> like, yeah well let me gift you with my exactly, musicality like, hard truth like there's a there's a little bit of narcissism in, in all of us or else we would not be doing but this. again it's in the pocket it's in yeah, the pocket, it's pocket with the diva and the competition right. and so any at any music school like people are gonna clash because everybody thinks they're idea is the best idea but that just doesn't really exist here it's like these are just ideas and we're just throwing a bunch of ideas out at you you mm -hmm. pick up what you want exactly <laughs> and it's like we're not going to take it personally if you don't no um yeah and so your your first role here was Juliet yes yeah so we did like some scenes programs um but yeah role was Juliet um <laughs> which is you know I could do five. an entire podcast about just that, but <laughs> a five-act opera, right? Thank like, you, Gounod. We love you. Two and a half hours of which I was singing in, uh -huh. um, but an incredible experience. Uh, we had a director um, 
the music director was actually Dr. Kyle's husband who, I mean, the standard was high and he wasn't accepting anything less than that. Mm -hmm. And the more (laughs) removed I am from that situation, the more I'm like, wow, that did so much for me. It really did. Yeah. Because you were like, when I came in as a little puppy, like a little baby, I was like, wow, Corey's a big girl, like cool. But I mean, I do remember like the transition. Like I remember how you sounded in the beginning, and you sounded great. Like you, you worthy of yeah. the role then, of course. Yeah. But you really, he did push you, and you really did step up yeah. to the plate in a lot of ways. And it was just yeah. And I'm just I took response. I took ownership right in my singing yeah. from then on. That was a very like moment where it was like okay well it is not about you like Mm -hmm. there's a whole cast of people depending on you to get this right Mm -hmm. so a whole orchestra like Mm -hmm. and that's where that like term support (laughs) comes in like when I had such a negative like association with that word because my teacher from undergrad just used to scream it at me and like not explain (laughs) at all what the word support meant we're gonna do a series on how not to teach students and one of those things is yelling a word at them and not explaining it please don't scream support at your kids um okay no mess doesn't matter how old they are um but getting here and learning that support is support from the orchestra director support from the you know the timpani section Mm -hmm. the your people who are singing on stage with you the ensemble support from the earth you know support Mm -hmm. from god like whatever it is support is not a negative thing like Mm -hmm. leaning on all of those things to build you up Mm -hmm. you know it was just a completely like my brain was like we don't have to think about support that way anymore we can think of support as being lifted up so Mm -hmm. and one thing too i think is interesting i'm taking a directing class this semester and um a professor described like she says that when she casts a lead in a role she's like I take the word lead very seriously people think that the word lead means the spotlight or the center of attention it doesn't the 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 lead in a show really does affect the culture and the attitude of the rest of the cast and I think that you were just an excellent lead like you really really were you you never and she's like don't compliment me god no (laughs) I'm working on it you're doing you're doing good you're doing good but I mean like you brought in energy and positivity you never at any point like complained about whether or not your costume fit you were you were more calm than almost anybody I mean, else but it's in that like, room what is that gonna add you know it adds so much <laughs> are you kidding because I like I was in the ensemble but I was also here in makeup designer and like your your steadiness as the as the lead soprano like if you had been stressed, I would have been stressed. Yeah. If I was stressed, then my stagehands would have been stressed, which would have stressed out everyone else. I, it, it's a trickle effect. Your yeah. attitude, your energy radiates throughout the entire room, and it does yeah. make a difference. And so, like, That's there interesting were... to think about. Like, no, it's so the, true. And I, no, I can, I can see it, right? Yeah. Like, thinking back, because that honestly feels like a year ago, mm-hmm. even though it's only seven months ago. We'll round it <laughs> up. Like, this Romeo world's and been Juliet, crazy. That was two years ago. What do you mean? Yeah, um, it does feel like an eternity ago. That's crazy. It's the same year, by the way. Like, <laughs> this has all been in 2020. Yeah, <laughs> the middle of February. In this year that we are currently yeah. in, <laughs> feels like two years ago. Um, oh, such a true statement. But yeah, and, and knowing, too, that, like, you can take it and direct, lead it, whichever you want it, whichever way you want it to go, right? Mm-hmm. And seeing the, like, healthy environment, it's like, why would I ever want it to go any other way? Right. 
Okay, so Corey's birthday, she decided to have a PowerPoint presentation birthday party, That's which right. I will probably steal one day because it's, it it's so much fun. That was brilliant. And I just want to say, PowerPoint presentations level the playing field for the energy in a room. Right? That is so true. So, like, introverts, extroverts, it doesn't matter because everybody has the same job. Yes. So you don't, and, and so that's something I worry about, right? Like, my boyfriend is super introverted. Like, he's not much of a talker, you know? He's just, he's a quiet guy in a group setting. And I thought, how can I make him feel as welcome into this group of friends that he doesn't know super well, right? Because we're long distance. And I was like, I'll just give us all the same task, right? And it just completely mediate. Like everyone was talking to each other like they'd known each other their whole lives. And it was such a it was <laughs> such a brilliant thing to do. I never would have thought of that in a million years. PowerPoint but parties, guys. Get it into it was it. such a smart thing because I a learned way more than I thought I was going to learn in one night about a variety of subjects. <laughs> like and and for me, I was super basic because I I honestly didn't realize how in depth people were going. Oh. People came prepared. I mean. <laughs> I prepared a PowerPoint presentation. It was great, guys. It was ridiculous. But I basically did a PowerPoint on Corey because I could talk about Corey for a long time. So hence, hence we are. And I did. Um, but, but one of the, the things that I brought up in that whole thing, uh, PowerPoint presentation party, you should try it if you haven't. Anyway, yes. moving on. Um, in Romeo and Juliet, one of the most incredible things I think I've ever seen a singer do, and, I'm, and, and, and she's laughing right now, guys, but I'm being dead freaking serious. <laughs> It was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. So, dress rehearsal, we had mentioned this way back earlier, that it was pretty chaotic, and there was just a so lot chaotic. going wrong. There was a lot of costume malfunctions. There was a lot of, you know, stress and whatever. We opened the next day, and, like, we had yeah. had two dress rehearsals because we were double cast. First dress rehearsal the night and, before. like, it was just super stressful, too, right? Because we had been rehearsing it since October. Mm -hmm. So this was the culmination. Like, oh, we can't mess it up now, and it's like yeah. we've been rehearsing it for so long. So you get finally get to that point five months later and you're like oh this is it you know as opposed to like people normally rehearse operas for like a month and a half right yeah. before they put it on but right. yeah so the stakes were high at, yeah in that rehearsal and I don't know why but we were they, like they were it was it was weird and I I don't know why it was like that but we everybody was a little bit tense and yeah. so but again Corey Waltz is in there <laughs> Even keel, I am strong middle child energy. Strong okay. middle child energy, <laughs> and I'm really trying to get her hair right because it was important to me. But I also wanted her to feel beautiful because it's part of the hair and makeup designer's job is to make the person feel, you know, confident and good in their own skin yeah. so that they can perform well. But my, I just, I mean, I have scars on my hands <laughs> from that. Like that's Romeo and Juliet right there. You see on oh, my no. hand. <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, nothing was going right, and I was just so stressed or whatever, but Corey's just, like, calm and cool and collected and, like, I'm okay if I go out looking like crap, and the thing it is, I knew... It was not crap. It was literally just one strand of pearls I was know. not going the way she wanted it to it, go. It's true. I was I was <laughs> being the diva, okay? I was making this about me. I was like, no, my reputation hangs in the balance here, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so she goes out there, and I'm not joking, like, when I say there were times, and I've heard her sing this stuff over and over and over right. again reiterating that we had been rehearsing this for five months <laughs> so long but there was something about that night that there were people that normally would be on their phones that were hanging out in the wings listening because she was on fire like everything was there everything was so connected and just stunning and we were just like this is ridiculously beautiful like oh my gosh and so the whole opera <laughs> 
I want to be like that. That's two and a half hours long. Two and a half hours long. And um, you want to talk about the poison aria? Yeah. So <laughs> the poison aria is pretty intense. It's basically just like I'm gonna kill myself for love, right? <laughs> as, as one does. There are two sections that like trill from an A4 to a C5. Am I doing that right? I don't a know. A5 to C6. There we go. C6. A5. I was like, no, nah, it's not right. <laughs> A5 to C6. And I get to the, the first one went well. And I've always just been in super in my head about that because I just, it was just, it never went to the perfect place. And I was mm-hmm. still very spreadsheety. Um, and, and you just have to be because it's such a long thing. And you have to know when to rein it in and, and I just hadn't quite figured out how to just, you know, A++ sing yeah. like the Poison Aria. And, I mean... After two and a half hours of singing. After already singing, like, this is... As the, a closeted mezzo at this point. So. <laughs> closeted mezzo. This is the end of Act 4, right? So there's 30 minutes left, and I'm just, like, holding on by the grace of God. <laughs> and, um... So I go up to the last, and it just cracks. Like it just—it was amazing. And I like <laughs> have just been so committed to my character. And at that point, I just go, oh. <laughs> like, and like, the entire orchestra looks up at me, like, "Are you okay?" You know, like she literally, like, okay. First of all, this voice crack was like from I don't know, like Mount Olympus. It was incredible. <laughs> the and reverb. We all I, were just like. <gasps> Truly, too, though, I have always, like, just not cared about voice cracks because I, like, right. know the science behind them, and it's just, like, your, your larynx getting too involved, and it's, like, oh, well, you know, like, yeah. so I crack, and it was pretty intense. It was incredible. And I, like, break character for, like, three seconds, and I'm, like, oh, and then I just go back and to singing. And she just kept going. I mean, she literally went, oh, no. Like, I feel like you went, oh, no, but you, no. you broke character. You you spoke English on stage, not French. It was, it Whatever. wasn't even, like, sacre bleu. It was, no. it was amazing. So, anyway, we're all backstage, and we're all just, like, frozen. Like, oh, my gosh. They all think I'm gonna come back there and, like, I guess rip Sob. the dressing room apart or just cry. Turn tables over or just say, I quit. I can't do and this. And everybody, like, when I start walking in, they're, like, you know, doing that thing that you do, right? You have to reaffirm people. You're, like, oh, no, that was so great. And I was, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt here's, really good. I mean, like, that's one note out of the, the like, thing, though. like thousands of notes exactly. that I've sung. I just don't care. And that's the thing. Like, we came in there prepared to, like, bind her wounds of, you know, hurt vanity. And she's, like... I sounded amazing out there. And, like, didn't blink. Like, there was no there was no hesitation. She's like, I sounded amazing. And we're like, yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, everybody voice cracks. Like, you yeah, know. Everybody doesn't. And it's very normal. And so there was just, like, there was no fear. There was no embarrassment. There was no nothing. And none of those factors needed to be present. They shouldn't be present. Well, I but guess, like, too, I, I didn't care because I wasn't singing from a place of being scared of the crack. Because I've had that crack in that place before. Yeah. Like, practicing it. And I was just like, well, if it happens, it just happens. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't singing from a place of fear. So I was just like, well, I have that to celebrate, right? Yeah. I'm not scared of it happening. It might still happen, but I'm 
not scared of it. So, so the night of the performance, she freaking nailed it, y'all. <laughs> there was no crack, which is when really it, great. When it really counted, I mean, of course, dress rehearsal counts, but her actual performance was absolutely stunning. Her hair looked amazing. Everything went so smoothly. <laughs> yeah, you all know how the dress rehearsal goes. It's got to go it like, it's got to be a hurry. It's got to be terrible. <laughs> if it doesn't, you need to start praying that something goes wrong because then if not, it's going to come out then in the performance. In the performance, yeah, exactly. People get too careful and too comfortable. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's another sign of me probably being in a closet mess, so is like, you probably shouldn't be singing a bunch of high C's because there's like eight high C's in the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, girl, I mean, whether or not you should or not, you matter. did it. I did it. And you did amazing. Felt good um, about it. My hair looked so good. <laughs> we got Corey some hair extensions and I ordered them off of Amazon oh and like gosh. by some miracle of God, they matched they her hair the same perfectly. Color. Same freaking color. That's difficult to do and we just kind of eyeballed it and hoped for the best. It's but a gift being a plain brown haired girl. It <laughs> <laughs> Corey and I are two generic brunettes, so in case you were wondering, I, I love it. I love it. All right. Well, is there anything else you want your listeners to know about your life? I <laughs> know. Uh, just pretty much after then, I was like, maybe we'll try on mezzo stuff, and now that's all I'm singing. Now she's singing with a voce poco fa, like a going boss. with the flow. Yep. Just singing whatever. You know, I just sing what feels good. I guess that's. How I will sign off. Don't put yourself in a box. Just sing what feels good. So Don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I have to, like, really uh-huh. make sure that little you is guttural. Did you hear that? That off-cloud? Yeah, thing? I yeah. had to really, really she emphasize it. sure y'all heard that. Because, <laughs> like, re- well, you know, we're trying to keep this, we're trying to keep this PG. We you did know, great. We did good. We really <laughs> did. Um, minus a couple of, like, you know, 12-year-old toilet humor moments. Yeah, um, so just sing what feels good. Sing what feels good. Sing what feels good. And also, be your own pineapple bush. Yeah. You know? You get your whole, the whole bush is yours. The whole bush is yours. <laughs> you don't have to be anything else. You don't else. have to share with anybody. It's yeah. your bush. And life is a lot more fun when you are not totally freaked out that every other singer in existence is your mortal enemy. And they're you know? just not. I, I like to think, even if people don't want to see you do well, in my brain, they do. And that's, you can lie to yourself. Like, whatever it takes, like. I like to assume that most singers like to see you do well, but I mean, some people don't, you know, but you can tell your brain, like, because whatever you tell your brain, your body's going to follow. So these people want me to see, to do well. That's how you go into auditions, right? Mm -hmm. These people want to see me grow. These people want to see me do well. They want to put me in their show. Yeah. And then it happens. And honestly, there's some truth to that. Like, a casting director wants you to do well, but that's, we're going to get off on a tangent if we don't. Well, anyway, <laughs> y'all, thank you. We're Southern ladies over here, so we yes. use the word y'all. 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 Um, thank you guys so much for listening to this, yes. hopefully by now, two-part series. Um. <laughs> you, know, you and Julia can just be, like, a whole podcast. A whole podcast in itself. <laughs> um, again, shameless plug for my public Instagram. Uh, oh, follow um, Corey on Instagram, oh, if you yeah. so choose. Baby Cork. Yeah. That B-A-B-Y-C-O-R-K. Yes. Give her a follow. <laughs> That's my on handle on like all the things. Yes. Baby Cork <laughs> for the win. Um, and if you have any questions or comments uh, and you want to get them to me, the best way to do that is through my public makeup Instagram account, classicalbeauty underscore. Um, if you want to follow it, that'd be great. But you don't have to. Either way, you can just reach out to me there and we'll try to um yeah address any questions that you have and a lot of you let's be real a lot of you have my number so you can just text me (laughs) (laughs) all right well until next time everybody stay joyful and make joyful noises singing is fun bye